Hello there, and welcome to this episode of Special Unit 352, or SU352 for short. My name is Max, and this is my co-host Peyton, and we became fast friends over our mutual love of Star Wars. We love Star Wars so much that we wanted to talk about it all the time, so we decided to record it. Today, we're going to be talking about The Bad Batch Season 1, Episode 12, Rescue on Ryloth. Peyton, how are you doing today? I am doing fine. Um, my feet, My feet hurt. Um, I have a new task at Publix. Technically, it's not new because everyone can really do the same task. I just decided it's about time I learned how to do it. Um, blocking, uh, where you go to the coolers that have all your sodas and stuff, and you move the two, uh, the first two drinks forward. Um, that way, when the customers come and they need to get something cold, they can grab the drink right there at the very front. So we do that every so often. What? This is movie magic. Are you telling me that's how cold things are cold? No, 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 no. They, they remain cold. They, they remain in the coolers. I'm right. just saying when you grab, let's say you go to a cooler that's got like racks of the Diet Cokes and the Coke Zeros or whatever, and you grab a couple of Cokes out of that slot, well, we come around later and we move the the ones that are in the back up to the front. Oh. That way, the customer that way uh, the customers don't have to lean back in there and try and grab it because they don't just knock all the other ones down. But how have you been doing? I'm doing all right. Uh, we we locked in our uh, harmonies and a knocked down a couple locked in a couple more songs for our band. Uh, oh, great! And our band leaders plural who had both lost jobs recently uh i believe both have two brand new ones uh oh, wow. so we will hopefully melissa and i will hopefully hear back about uh some car repairs that we need on a car that we have that exploded um <laughs> exploded it what did you do did you run it through Baker's canyon or something uh i'm telling you right now it uh if if it thought that it could handle a single parsec, it would explode even more. Uh, <laughs> Unless Sabolba came from behind you and flashed you with his vents. Ajuba. It's just that that like breathy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Great, great. Well, as I mentioned before we started this recording, um, I will be at Disney tomorrow again for Rise of the Resistance. Um, hopefully. We're we're aiming, we're not particularly aiming for it. If we get it, we get it. If not, if not, you know, we've been on it a couple times already. I got some news. I have a lot of news, actually. Um, Lay it on me. First of all, um, provides the resistance. There's been like a lot of conjecture about whether or not the VIP tour people, he will pay X amount of dollars per hour. If they get automatic boarding uh, rights to rise of resistance. And they were off and on about this. Um, so last week, they said, yes, that is, you are able to get on rise of resistance without the virtual queue now, which they didn't have earlier. Then just a couple of days ago, they came back at us and said, no, you still need a boarding pass. Okay. Boarding group. Um, which is like, okay, you're paying for 25 an hour. And that's, that's just how it starts. That's just your starting fee. 
You're gonna pay four twenty-five an hour and not guarantee be guaranteed a spot on the ride. Well, they come back at us again and say, "No, you can actually lock in your boarding time if you request it on your itinerary." So, folks, if you want to skip virtual queue, <laughs> you're more than welcome to book a VIP tour. Good God. Um, the amount I mean, of money that to, is, though. I mean, if you want to pay $425 just for an hour, just so you can get on Rise of the Resistance, I mean, that's the only way you're going to get on there without a virtual No, the, the quality of lightsaber I could get for $425 would be more would, yeah, be, I mean, would be far I more mean, important to me. Yeah, exactly. I mean, but, I mean, it's like, Think about Tom Brady. When Tom Brady went to Disney World a couple months ago after winning the Super Bowl, he had to get a boarding pass. Okay, that's hilarious. I did not know <laughs> that. Yeah. So up at Disneyland, they've released a new popcorn for Galaxy's Edge. A banana popcorn. Um, where <sighs> is our space popcorn? Why don't we have this at our Galaxy's Edge? What is it called? Uh, what is it called in Bad Batch? Oh my gosh, man! Metro mix. I think so. Yeah, yeah. 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 Where? Where's but, that? I don't know. You just I don't know. Some of them. I think they kind of sell it that way anyway. Like there's already yeah. like some of them are blue and some of them are red and some of them are regular. Right. Well, the red one is supposed to be like the salt flats of the planet Crate from the Last Jedi. Um, more on that later. Cool. Um, but it's just like, why is the Galaxy's Edge in Disneyland getting a bunch of food and drink updates and we're not? Oh, well, is, uh, is it, that really depends on the state and the amount of money that the state is bringing in. True. Uh, I don't want to get into politics on this one. No, I just no, want to no, say that. No, I, no, but yeah. Disneyland just reopened. So maybe they're just trying to bring in some people. I mean, Ocus Cantina didn't open up right away up there. Mm. Um. Uh, let's see what else is going on. I'm trying to think of your book. Oh, yeah. So Secrets of the Force. Um, just like I said, it just came out and the actual runtime of it is 24 hours and 13 minutes. So it's a bit longer than I stated earlier. Um, and they usually do this. So you should put out like a solid like number of hours and then uh, they'll confirm it on the day of release. So I tried very hard to listen to all of it before getting on here today. And I'm almost done. I got like 50 some odd minutes left. Uh, but it takes us through everything in order. The original trilogy, um, which has each episode has its own separate chapter. Cool. Um, it discusses the toys at the time period. It discusses the radio dramas to an extent. Really? Um, yes, and it discusses the resurgence in the 90s. It discusses episodes one, two, three. And then it discusses the, the sequel trilogy. And then it goes into The Mandalorian and beyond. Um, how do I state this? The commentary is very interesting. It's not different voices. I mean, it is different voices, but it's not, like, actual archival recordings, which is a bit disappointing. That's that's what time, I was thinking. Because it's unofficial, I don't know if they would have had the rights for that. Well, this is... Well, 
it's as official as it can be because these these people that have had their thoughts in this book, um, they are very poignant thoughts. Um, there's a lot of, let's just say there's a lot of people that have negative thoughts about certain aspects of all the Star Wars films. Sure. That have, that especially these movie, this, uh, I forgot his name, but uh, he's a movie critic that constantly pops up in this book. Just quotes from Lucas himself. There's a lot of discussion, um, like quotes from Anthony Daniels, Alec Guinness, you name it. That's you name awesome. the actors that are in there. Even quotes from Kathleen Kennedy. Um, she how dare she? Well, she discusses <laughs> how honored <laughs> she was that George <laughs> trusted her. Um, of course, obviously, she's not, she's not going to come out and say, oh, I was wrong. Um, it does discuss the the failings of the sequel trilogy to uh, an extent. Um, but it does hint that The Last Jedi was probably the most cohesive of the three films. So here's the thing. The Star Wars fans were used to waiting three years in between each episode. Mm-hmm. We did not get that here. We had five films come out one after the other. So it was a lot to take, to take in, I think. You know, we have Force Awakens, we had Rogue One, we had Last Jedi, Solo, and, you know, Skywalker. Yeah, we're on All Disney time me. now. <laughs> but I think the truth of the whole discussion was they did not sit down and write out a plan. So, all in all, I enjoy the film. I mean, not the film, but the, the, the book. Mm-hmm. Um, it does get pretty dry. <laughs> it does kind of read it, like a... And on this day in 1974, <laughs> we decided to yeah. all poop in the same urinal. <laughs> <It's> just... <laughs> Someone decided to write that down. And we're like, oh, we got to put that in the book. <laughs> but no, it's, I think this is the most cohesive book on the entirety of the Star Wars franchise. It kind of stated in the book. I know I'm going a bit too long here, but um, it kind of stated that Bob Iger kind of was a bit underhanded in the fact that they were going to use the scripts that Lucas had written had written for the, for the sequels, and they didn't. So I think Lucas had some second thoughts, especially after The Force Awakens, but um, I'd highly recommend reading the book. Um, that's a lot of news to and talk I'm, about. And I've got another piece. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I just beat Star Wars Fallen Order, uh, which is the new smash hit video game that happened in the same timeline as, uh, as the Bad Batch. Mm-hmm. Now, it starts on Braca, and mm-hmm. I can tell you right now, it got weird, and I'm not sure they fully understood the force until, like, the last act, like, it as soon as it hit the third act and they're like, Oh, this is oh, actually, this is actually the big bad. Like this mm-hmm. is actually what we need to do. Uh, the best part. And I don't even mind spoiling this for you. Spoil spoilers for everyone else. Sorry. I got a kid sleeping downstairs. I can't do the full R2D2. Um, we could do something with, Oh uh, no. What's his, uh, what's his name? <laughs> <laughs> Hell yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so after you defeat what is the final boss of the game, Darth mm-hmm. Vader shows up. Oh. And in, 
and in big letters, it just says run. And <laughs> I'm all your, surprised. your master, your Jedi master, mm -hmm. uh, literally is like, run! And runs straight towards him, and Darth Vader like shrugs and shoves her into lava. Mm -hmm. like doesn't even raise his full arm to use the force to knock her straight into lava and kill her mm -hmm. like i'm telling you right now i've it was it was the hallway scene before uh, i think it was after rogue one but it was in the same it was in production at the same time as rogue one like mm -hmm. both people both teams sat down and went like you know it'd be really mm -hmm. cool. <laughs> <laughs> do you think they're gonna make it this following order into an actual film no, but I know they're working on the second one. But video games take a lot longer to make than movies. Like, well, they should make they should make a kind of like a film, or at least some sort of mini mini show, like a one episode, two episode thing. Um, especially for people that don't play video games because they're visually impaired. <laughs> yeah. Uh, um. But no, I yeah, I am excited about Fallen Order. Um, I mean, heck, they even built a Cal Kestis lightsaber, legacy lightsaber for Galaxy's Edge. It's um, like, do you get lightsaber customization in the game? And I'm telling you right now, the, the Oni of the OG, like the first one you get is Cal's, Cal Kestis's, and it just looks so much better than all the others that they had. But turns out, like, all the options in the game are the ones mm -hmm. that you can get at Galaxy's Edge. Mm -hmm. So, like, Speaking if, of... Go ahead. Oh, I was just gonna, I was gonna say very briefly, because I know we gotta get going into the episode here. Um, they, I believe they just came out with the Darksaber um, for the Black Series. Yes. Like, the Elite Saber. Mm -hmm. And I know they have the Ahsoka one, too. Um... It's a single saber that actually changes colors. Um, actually, three colors, two different hues of green. Um, what do you think about these? Briefly, Max, because I I haven't bought any of the elite sabers. I mean, I'm kind of sabered out right now. From what I've seen, they're chunks. They're just big old slabs of metal, and I hate so I I, like, I'm, I'm not a fan. I think that's why I stopped after I bought Kylo Ren's because. Kylo Ren's, which I don't even, I don't, mine is not the Supreme Leader version. Mine is just the regular Kylo Ren, which I bought right before The Force Awakens. Um, mind you, that was my very last, um, saber, Hatton, um, replica lightsaber kind of thing. I, you know, picked up and it didn't, it had this gimpy little, Stand. I hated the stand. That was the one beef I had about it, and just and the fact that it was super heavy. Um, my dad as you built a wooden stand that I could stop the whole thing in. Mm -hmm. uh, he actually modeled it after the original stands that came with all the previous black series. But I think this black series, well, it's cool that they're adding in more special effects. Like the clash and the blaster sounds. That just makes them too pricey. I honestly like that's where I'm at with that, it. Like for, if that, you, for that for that kind of thing, the fact that you could still easily swing that thing around and break it. Um, I heard awful things about the Palpatine saber. Yes, um, I've heard that as but well. But 
we are getting off topic really badly here. So, um, I mean, there we're hopefully if you're listening, uh, mom, then you're here for Star Wars in general. So, uh, yeah. on to the episode Rescue at yes. Ryloth. First impressions. Um, yeah. So, Max, first impression. I think, uh, it went about I, as well as I thought. I feel yeah. like uh, I feel like they played it safe. Like I think they I, did too. Again, like I mean, I no curveballs, no nothing. No, it's very no, safe. No. It was very good storytelling, and it was very quick storytelling. I liked what they did with Hauser. Um, I guess her parents do not die. From what uh, I remember. Maybe not um, here. Uh, no, maybe not here. Well, I think we see if someone knows um the answer to this, please reach out and let us know. I think her father, uh Hera's father, is in Rebels. So I know she goes back to Ryloth at some point. Um I don't know. I, I really don't know, but I like this just just a a tad better than the previous episode. Um, speaking of the previous episode, my father just watched it, and he had asked me if Hera was Force-sensitive. And I said, no, why? What makes you ask? And he had pointed out um, about the feeling that she mentions when she is flying. Mm-hmm. Meaning like an ace pilot and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um and I actually that is a very that is a good point because if you mention like a feeling while flying, especially in this kind of universe where anything is possible, and the force I moves see, through all things, it does. Um, I could see perfectly why he wondered if Hera was force sensitive, um, and for those who have not seen Rebels. Spoiler alert, uh, Rebels actually takes place after the Bad Batch. So we've already met Hera in that series. We've seen Hera the woman, not Hera the teenager. Right. Um, And she is a crack pilot. She's very good at flying. Um, She even becomes a squadron leader, I believe, at some point. But she is not force sensitive, unfortunately. Um, I mean, look at, I mean, there's a lot of pilots that are really good that are not force sensitive. Wedge Antilles, big star glider, even though he got blown up. Um, you na- I mean, there's just, look at Han Solo. I mean, and that doesn't a- mean that the, the force isn't helping them. It's just no, also not. Absolutely. I mean, Metaphorians yeah. are around. <laughs> um, yes, they are. Uh, I'm, not, not <laughs> <laughs> I'm not salty. Uh, um, so, uh, but, yeah. so, yeah. So, getting into the, the meat of this episode, we... Uh, the The main conflict of this episode, like, that I really liked was following Hauser. Because Hauser is following the the Imperial guy around and Rempar. Yeah. And yeah. he is just as upset and confused this whole time. And he's a reg. That's mm-hmm. the thing that we're supposed to pay attention to is like, oh, 
he's one of the normal ones. Mm -hmm. And even he's like, nah, this ain't for me, dog. Yeah, this ain't right. This is going to be a a big no for me, dog. (laughs) So, Well, I wanted to point out uh, Crosshair actually kind of piqued my interest a lot in this episode. I agree. Uh, just some of the expressions that he had on his face, which I only know due to the audio description. Um, I'm glad you got it because, like, it was supposed to show me, but I'm gonna be honest, it was real dark. It was like I brightened up my well, screen as much as I could, and it was still dark. You no, know, you could probably you could probably turn on audio description. That would be a yours. wise decision. Um, actually, you know what? I might recommend it because that maybe that's why I'm not having to rewatch the episode quite as much. Um. Or take notes. Not that I don't try and take notes because I do, but I mean, the audio description just gives it gives the episodes an extra layer of detail. And yeah. I mean, heck, my dad cited and he loves the audio description. Um, you know, a lot of sighted people love it because you know it points out um, just things that you wouldn't even notice. And just a side note. You can um, and Harry Potter and the Chamber of Secrets. You would not even notice that the Weasley clock made it into the film, unless you were looking very closely. I never even knew it made it into the film until I actually watched it with audio description, and it pointed out that, that there was the Weasley clock, which I always loved in the books. Yeah, and the fact that they put that little detail in the films. And the audio description picked that up. That amazed me immensely. So, but this episode, um, it's kind of straightforward. Pretty much. Um, yeah. Hera, I guess Hera Omega. sends a mission to oh, Omega. Yeah. Omega Which Hunter is was like, a bit about. Oh, yeah. Hunter, Hunter was not feeling it for the most part. And all until, uh, uh, man, she knocked it out of the park this time. Uh, Who, it, Omega? Uh, uh, Omega. She was, oh, uh, he's like, we literally, like, you're still being hunted. We can't stick our neck out for everyone that needs help. This is a big mm-hmm. universe. And her response was, isn't that what soldiers die? And uh, <laughs> I totally knew that that was going to make Hunter rethink his uh, decision. Oh, man. Um, because that's changing well, I, his whole worldview. Because like, it, yeah. the, the whole meta narrative so far is that the Bad Batch doesn't have don't have anywhere to go, and all of and their skills are about killing folk. So, right. and they're and they're they're slow to trust people and have outside friends. Exactly. Um, I, I like the fact that this episode did not deviate to anybody else. It, you know, it's not with. Going on the mission and getting to Ryloth, getting the parents out. Yeah, they wasted um, no time. And no, like, all right, no. here's the plan. And then here's us enacting the plan. Right. Like, and we're not I mean, sneaking up anywhere. We're just, right. we're in the show. Now, Chopper, Chopper was kind of getting on my nerves a bit. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know what people see in that guy. I don't like him. <laughs> well, he was in Rebels. Um... Um, they also had Darth Maul in Rebels, man. Like, your favorite character could be Kenobi. Just, well, man. Darth Vader was in Rebels, too. And they actually had James Earl Jones doing the voice. 
Mm-hmm. Until Which, it, until his mask gets broken and uh, correct. Mm, yeah, mm, mm, the fact mm, that they mm, the fact mm. that they got him to do it was good was awesome, and the fact that they brought Frank uh, Frank Oz to do the disembodied voice of Yoda when they couldn't have him do it in the Clone Wars, um, that was cool too. But I think the best part of that TV show, and we'll get back to the Brad Batch in just a moment, <laughs> the fact that that uh, Ian McDiarmid did. All Palpatine's dialogue in that show. I did not know that. That's impressive. Granted, Palpatine most impressive. Uh, Palpatine did not have a whole lot of screen time, which is why I guess he agreed to do it. Um, and that's Disney paid him a bunch of money, saying, "Hey, we need this as authentic as possible. People are not liking our trilogy." <laughs> um. But I don't know if there's really much to add to this episode. Um, no, they get in, they get out, and <laughs> uh, Crosshair recognizes their strategy as it zooms out and realizes that all the ships that are supposed to bag him up are gone. Right. Goes, well, they were just ahead over to the refinery. Yeah. They were at the refinery. Not all of them. Uh, it is in, um, like, this was a really good setup to the next round. Uh, the next like the, round was Crosshair. And like the fact the, that Crosshair is actually hunting them personally now. Yeah. So He's now gotten we, permission from got, Rampart. Yes. So to the audience, they know, we know that Shand is no longer hunting them, Mm-mm. but we don't know if Cad Bane is still on the hunt. And but and we definitely know that Crosshair's on the hunt. Like right. the Bad well, Batch Cad, can't get a break. If Cad if Cad Bane is on the hunt, he's probably asked for a higher credit raise. Um since uh stupid what's his face, his droid guy ruined <laughs> I don't know why he hasn't blasted him yet. Um He needs an extra hand. I mean Han Solo would have blasted him already. Um, but not even looking. He'd have done like an over the shoulder, not even looking at it. Exactly. I mean, I'm, and I'm and I'm quoting uh, Han Solo actually from the radio drama. He said that he is not too fond of machinery that talks back. He said that the Supio when Supio first introduced himself. Um, Hell yeah. And we, we can touch on the radio dramas later. I think we're gonna plan. I think we're planning a whole series on them in the future, most likely. Yep. Um. But no, um, aside from the very interesting dynamic with Hauser um, and the fact that he was willing to take a stand, and not just him, his men too. A lot of them did. A lot of, a the, lot of, a lot of the new regs. He looked like an old reg. Uh, Hauser? Yeah. Was, now, do you think he was a commander? I don't think he was. Do you think he was just a commander or maybe just part of the Legion? I don't know. Hmm. And I don't know what generation he was. I don't think he looks as old as Commander Cody. No. But maybe he was maybe I wonder if he was like the last batch of clones before. But like not all of these people are clones now. No, no, no. And we'll we'll learn about that more in a believe two episodes time. We still have two more episode titles that were given out to us. So like in theory 
the people, some of the people that threw down their arms weren't just clones that under that had been with Hauser this whole time. Mm-hmm. Some of them could have been the volunteers, like the, and to imagine, mm-hmm. like having just joined a military and realize because you were trying to keep the peace, only to find out that you're in fact the bad guys. Yeah, man, yeah. this is great storytelling, and that's the B plot. It is, and, and I'm <laughs> glad. I'm glad they focus more on the bad bats this time, rather than focusing on what's his face, Gobi Glee. Um, <laughs> just I don't know, just something with that kind of a name. Yeah, uh, it kind of struck me the wrong way. Um, the fact that Hera does not have her French accent in Rebels and has a French accent now, um, that's just kind of, I don't know. I like that, that idea. Of, I feel like that's more real, That's more true to life. Um, true to the, the Especially since she's so life. young now. Uh-huh. And then she explores the wider galaxy. Yeah. Um, which kind of brings up the question, we still don't know how she gets in with the, with the Rebels. Um, because at this point in time, we see that her parents are kind of encouraging her to, you know, stand up for what's right and, you know, fight the good fight. But if I recall in Rebels, she had a falling out with her parents, or at least her father, if he is, in fact, alive in Rebels. Um, I don't know. That'd be so interesting. I don't know. Um, predictions. Or is there anything else you want to add first? I want. I do want to go to predictions. I okay. one of my favorite things about the Bad Batch so far is that I don't know what's going to happen next, and I am excited for it. Me neither. Well, like, do you want me to? Do you want me to give you the name of the next episode? What is the next episode? Invested. Invested. No, uh, no, infested. Infested with an F. Yes. Yes. I thought Sid was going to do something cool. Now I don't know. It's going to be Mantis. I mean, what is what is what is investing? I mean, it sounds like either. I mean, that's very. It's a very good question because none the the title of the episode doesn't really give us what we're looking. You know, any any kind of hint as to what the episode's about. I've got no predictions whatsoever at this point. Um, especially since our last couple, my last couple have been dead wrong. No, I'm happy with that. Like we're yeah. we're so used to like being the business model of like we have to be right all the time. I'm much for yeah, yeah, the yeah. scientific method. Where like mm-hmm. let me prove my. I love it when my hypothesis is wrong mm-hmm. because I can learn from it. Right. The only episode that I'm actually looking. I mean. Not that I'm looking. Not that I'm not looking forward to Infested because I am. Um, the episode after Infested is the one I'm looking forward to. War Mantle. Yeah, I saw which that too. We, which we have heard the name War Mantle. Um, so that I'm guessing that's going to be a pretty dark episode. Um, but we still got two more weeks to go before that happy day. Um. I believe that's it. Oh, just one minor note. Mm-hmm. Next Wednesday on Disney Plus, they are dropping a new show called Behind the Attraction, which showcases uh, different Disney rides in their history. 
And one of the episodes focuses on Star Tours. Oh, cool. Um, the original Star Tours, and I think it's going to discuss Star Tours and the technology behind it um, and how that really came about and then how they evolved into the Star Wars Adventures. The Adventures Continue. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think they plan on discussing Galaxy's Edge main, uh, because it's too new. Yeah. They might they might touch on it a bit. Um, they, they might talk about like pre COVID stuff. Maybe maybe maybe. Um, which Galaxy's Edge is kind of pre COVID. Um, I mean, not the protocols that they have now. Like they've changed no, no, no. all the shows. They've changed where everyone shows up. They change like they right. change a lot. But right, right. But we may we may hear something. I just want I just wanted to point that out. Um, do we know? When is the last time they updated Star Tours? I don't know. I it it just makes me sick. I can't ride those kind of rides. But you can ride the Falcon, can't you? Mm, as long as I'm not the pilot, I found out the hard way that if I am the pilot, I I will sh- show everyone the stars that I've eaten. Um, <laughs> oh boy! Speaking of the pilot, do you know there's a certain sequence of buttons you can hit? That allows Chewie to uh, take over the Falcon. No. Yeah, it's a secret code. Oh frick yeah! Um, which is not which is not very secret because I know people have done it. Um, personally, I enjoy I enjoy the simulator rides to an extent. Um, I'm kind of hoping that they'll take the Millennium Falcon ride and kind of add another mission or two. Um, if they ever revisited Solo. Or something with Lando Calrissian. Not that Hondo Anaka is not a cool guy, but I mean, the average fan doesn't know who Hondo Anaka is. He's a pirate from the Clone Wars. <laughs> voiced, voiced by Winnie the Pooh. <laughs> <laughs> hello, hello, my friends. Um, yes. I believe Star Tours had its last update with Kefbeer, which is the uh, the planet, the moon whatever you want to call it, where the second Death Star landed um, in the Rise of Skywalker. Um, I'm hoping they'll add something from the Mandalorian, like Navarro. That would, uh, be, that cool. would be cool. Um, Maybe even Isla or believe, something. Ooh, Isla. Well, that would have been from Force Awakens. Now, did you know that Star Killer Base was Isla? No. Is that yeah. what it was? Yes, it was. The oh, no. Oh, wow. <laughs> oh, that changes so many things. Oh, my God. That's horrible. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I learned about it through some concept art that was released, which gave me a whole new appreciation for The Force Awakens and what J.J. Abrams came up with. It would have been good if he had hinted about it in the film. Um, the fact that, I mean, let's say Leia had a piece of dialogue about, oh, Starkiller Base was once the planet Islam where the Jedi used to harvest their lightsabers. <laughs> that would have been something good to, he- to have in the film. Yeah. Um, but it looks really cool in Fallen Order. They did a really good job. What, Islam? Yeah. Well, like, it's wonder, it's decrepit mm-hmm. be- because they killed everybody, but, like... Mm-hmm. 
I wonder if they harvested the hybrid crystals from there as well when mm. they built the Death Star. Because I know they harvested them from Jeddah. Yes. I wonder. It just makes me wonder how many planets have kyber crystals. I am much bigger fan of the kyber crystal. We're we're in the weeds now, ladies and gentlemen. I much <laughs> prefer the kyber crystal lore to the crystal caves mm-hmm. because the crystal Maybe. Ca- like before kyber crystals, the premise was that there were only certain caves and all these on on a few planets that had force With crystals. Island, Island was one of those planets. And the first thing that Palpatine ordered Darth Vader to do was to go around to all these planets and destroy those. Mm-hmm. Which is why Luke created a, the first synthetic force crystal for his right, green which lightsaber. Happened to be, which happened to be green. Yeah, which is super cool. Yeah, most synthetic crystals are red. Or at least they were in the old canon. Um, this might be an extra topic. We're, we we're in the weeds. Uh, this is uh, this is where we should probably wrap it. Um, yeah. <laughs> um, so but please feel free to email us at specialunit three five two. Got complaints, um, which I know some people might have complaints about this particular episode. Send us an email and Venmo us. <laughs> yeah, because we if didn't you want to complain, to, we didn't have much to say about the um, about this particular episode. But I think the point was I wanted to discuss this book. And I, and think, I know there's a, lot, I th- there's a lot that I didn't talk about, but I feel like it's important for our listeners to understand and know who the actors were, what the whole premise of the actual Star Wars drafts were, how George worked, and kind of the people that he's he's kind of taking advantage of and unfortunately uh, and honestly like that's what i really want this podcast to be i want this to be us flexing the knowledge that we have about star wars that we've saved over the millennia uh <laughs> that we've been sucking the souls out of uh <laughs> small animals to survive on um in order to Patronum. bring you <laughs> Um, we, uh, but like, that's the kind of stuff that, I, that I feel like you and I bring to the table that no one else <laughs> <Right>. does. <laughs> so right. thank you so much for joining us today. Uh, email us at the, at the email that Peyton sent. Um, and if you want to complain, uh, then do it on Twitter at us. I can't. I dare you. Um, or, or Facebook. Or Facebook. Facebook. We'll we'll fight on Facebook like regular boomers. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Our Instagram and Twitter handle are at su three five two podcast. Our Facebook page is special space unit space three five two. Please rate and review us on your favorite podcast podcast listening app. Um, because that will help us show up in the algorithms. We look forward to talking with you guys next week. And as Peyton always says, <laughs> may the force be with you. <laughs>